So today I want to talk a little bit about information management and what that looks like in the context of our profession of athletic training. So first question I want to pose to you is why do we document? Um, and there's several reasons why, but two of the biggest reasons off the, the tippity top of the, of the iceberg here is one, it provides legal protection. Um, if it's not documented, it wasn't done. And so we live in a very litigious society, obviously. And so we need to make sure that we're recording thoroughly what we've done with patients in order to provide care. The second major point is that we are providing a, a written record um, of what we're doing with the patient to kind, of, to kind of jog our memory. And so that if I provide care to a patient one day and then you pick up that patient the next time they come in, you know exactly what was done. We're not repeating things. We're not doing anything that may be detrimental to the patient, so on and so forth. So those are the two biggest things. Um, you know, But there's also this legal requirement that we need to do it from a, a legal perspective. Um, there's insurance requirements to doing it as well. Insurance will not provide reimbursement if we're not documenting what we're doing. Um, they want to make sure that we're not wasting resources on our end, causing them to leak money. Um, it does improve patient care. Um, it does help us give data, right? It's, it's um, ways to track outcomes. And that way we can make appropriate decisions on our clinical practice, both personally as a, as a clinician, but then also from a clinic perspective. Maybe our clinic is seeing a large number of um, status post knee infections, for example. And so we can look at information collected through medical records to see if we can identify if there's certain causes that are, are causing these, these post-op knee infections. Um, and the other question we want to look at is, is when do we document and how do we document? So obviously we're going to always document after a patient encounter, right? We've seen the patient, we've provided care, we've given them home instructions or whatever it may be, and then we, we write that down in an, an appropriate styled note. Um, we could also you know document after a physical exam, after an injury evaluation, after treatment, so on and so forth, right? But how, how do we do that? So in orthopedics and in, and in primary care, we use um, soap notes or hop notes. And some of it's kind of personal preference. Some of it is really driven towards the type of encounter that you have... Um, um, have just performed with that patient. But we want to do something we call focused charting or focused based charting. And that's where we make sure that we have data present, which could be something like a diagnosis or the previous progress. Um, and then we've got displaying some kind of action. So what treatments did we do or what rehab did we do in that particular session or, or what do we expect that patient to be doing at home before they come in? they did their home exercise plan or they didn't do their home exercise plan and here's why. Um, and then there's some kind of response. So what's going to continue to happen? What will their home exercise plan continue to be? Or what will their home care be with this viral illness or whatever it may be? Um, how do we chart this? I mean, we could do paper charts depending on our setting, but we're really trying to get away from that um, we're trying to get to more computerized based or um, EMR, electronic medical records or EHR, electronic health records. You'll see those used interchangeably a lot. These programs vary drastically. And even just within the context of, say, orthopedics, there's lots of different companies that focus on orthopedics. And what may work for one clinic may not work very well for another clinic. Um, 
Sometimes these EMR programs are web-based, meaning you don't need to have a software program, but they are just a website you log into, which is nice because then you can access those charts from basically any computer, but then you worry a little bit about, you know, um, security, safety issues and things like that. So it's got to make sure it's got a good encryption on it and it's HIPAA, FERPA compliant. Um, is there some kind of smartphone component? That might be something really critical for us as athletic trainers because let's say I am out at practice or out at a game, um, I can at least maybe start a quick soap note or hops note um, and on my phone knowing that it'll jog my memory that when I get back to my clinic, I can sit there and finish the, the note. Um, or if I'm taking some kind of public transportation home, maybe I want to do my notes really quick on my phone on my way home, whatever it may be. Um, and what's the ease of the use of the application? If this application is going to take you 45 minutes to do a single patient note, you're never going to get your patient notes done. So what kind of features does it have to help you speed up that process? Does it have autofill? Does it have quick clicks, like pull down menus and radio buttons that you can click quickly? Can you pre-populate things from the previous clinical note into your new note for that patient and then just change a few things and save the note? Um, is it customizable? Again, what works for you in your clinic may not work for somebody else in the other clinic. And so how much customization do you have with, um, with the platform that you're using. I know that um, I've used uh, Centricity a lot in the past and Centricity can absolutely be built from the ground up. You're gonna pay for it, but it can be built from the ground up. So if you've got a very unique clinical situation, like maybe you work in a multidisciplinary clinic where you've got patients who are seeing chiropractic care, um, physical therapy, athletic training, massage therapy, physicians, the that way that those different professions document based upon the kind of care that they're providing may look differently. So therefore, you may want different style notes that can easily be pre-populated to, um, to help provide care. Um, what are the fees and costs associated with that EMR? Customization is not cheap. Um, so you're going to pay for it. What's the reputation of the vendor? Are they brand new straight out of the gate and they're just trying to get their product out there? Um, if so, again, has it been tested? Is it secure? Does it work well? How's it been piloted? So on and so forth. Or is it established? Uh, and then are you going to have access to some kind of salesperson or training person on a routine and ongoing basis to help you troubleshoot should the system stop working or if you need to learn the system? Uh, so on and so forth. Does it have dictation? So can I verbally speak my notes to the, to the software program and it automatically write them for me, which is great because then it's going to save me time. But if the dictation software isn't very good and it takes me more time to then have to go back and correct things, then is it really worth it? And do I really want to pay for it? Um, so, and, and then how well is it picking up medically specific terms since we know that medical jargon is not your common everyday language? What does it look like from a reporting perspective of things like labs or isokinetic testing reports or radiograph reports like x-rays, MRIs, CTs, PET scans, bone scans, all those kinds of things, uh, surgical reports, neurocognitive testing. Can I upload a SCAT-5 form to the software program and be able to enter that information into it so it's, it's nice and neat uh, and easy to use for, for future reference? Um, other forms of communication that you will still see from time to time, uh, fax, email, text. So fax is still considered in a safe and acceptable form. It's very antiquated in a lot of ways, but it is still commonly used. Um, 
email, email needs to be encrypted. It can't just be from your local Gmail account. It needs to be on a secure server through an encrypted program. So not all emails are considered uh, equal in that sense from a FERPA HIPAA perspective, but he, emails can be an adequate way to communicate between provider to provider as well as between provider and patient. Uh, and a lot of EMR systems either have these types of, of tools in the EMR system itself, so I can send a message to an, another provider through the EMR system, or I can use um, like a portal system where a patient might have a password, username, login type thing where they can log in to see their, their patient notes, see prescriptions, request re prescription refills, they can request appointments, so on and so forth. Um, text messaging. This is a little bit of a hot button right now. Um, there are encrypted te text message based programs out there. Uh, you can't just send a willy-nilly iMessage or text message over your normal routine fashion of doing such. It's got to be encrypted um, and you need to definitely have a policy and procedure listed about how these communication um, styles are accepted or not accepted as part of your practice at your clinic. So those things need to be investigated, certainly with legal and as well as your IT departments, if those things are available to you at your institutions. Um, forms of clinical practice. So what do your forms look like? Do you have um, standardized forms that you use for all patients? Do you have certain forms for certain types of providers? Do you have certain types of forms for certain types of patients? Um, and again, are they... Are they uniform and are they considered to be uh, acceptable from a, a best practices perspective? Um, other forms for kind of non-documentation from a patient care perspective, things like permission to treat. Um, and has legal checked that off and is it good to go by what legal considers to be acceptable in the context of um, state laws, local jurisdiction laws, so on and so forth. Um, Releasing of medical information. So you can't just have a patient call up your clinic and say, I need my medical records released. They need to be signed. It has to be written permission to do such. And so what, do, again, what does that look like in the context of your clinic and in your state, so on and so forth. Uh, um, less common things that are more, a little bit more specific to us as athletic trainers. Coaches reports. Again, I can't just willy-nilly, or at least I shouldn't be willy-nilly setting my coaching report, my coach's report to my coach over my everyday email, unless I know that my email is HIPAA, FERPA compliant. Um, so maybe I go and give a quick go, no go verbal report to my coach, and then maybe I give him a paper copy of it later on or something like that. So it's a little bit more secure in that fashion. Um, and then, of course, we always want to keep tabs on just in general, what are our legal statutes? What does our state practice act allow us to do? Are there any changes to um, what the professional standards are, best practices are, as well as HIPAA, FERPA, so on and so forth? So you need to make sure that you're always keeping tabs on those things and that you're tapping into those resources that can help you disseminate those changes like your legal department or a lobbyist, for example, for a state, for a state um, uh, professional association.